Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. Today, I have the great pleasure of talking to an um, an entertainer turned business person, really successful business person. There's loads of value in this in this podcast. I talk quite quickly, not naturally. He talks quite quickly as well. So I think there might be fifty percent more value in the in the time it takes to listen to the uh, to the podcast on one speed. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. Today, I have great pleasure in talking to a speaker, an author, a kids entertainer turned businessman and also nursery owner. Hello there, James Sinclair. Hello, Lee. Pleasure to be on the podcast. I'm looking forward to hopefully giving your listeners some food for their ears. Hey, not not as uh, as excited and looking forward to it as I am. So uh, so thank you very much for joining us. But, but for those people that don't know who you are, who are you? I'm an ex-Calvin Klein model. Yeah, nice. Very good. No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a magician turned business owner, I suppose. Um, I own um, a chain of indoor play centres, some outdoor family attractions. I make teddy bears, made a lot of teddy bears, made over a million teddy bears. I own uh, some commercial property, some residential property. I broke some boots. I speak. Right now, the business generates over 12 million in revenue per year. We employ over 400 people. We've been doing it for 12 years, and I'm passionate about helping entrepreneurs grow from learning all the stuff that I do, and I share all of that through my YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, I have a videographer follow me around, and we make tons of content. We put it out on the Wibbly Wobbly web, Yeah. and hopefully people see our stuff and go, do you know what? This is quite good. And We're, we're not theory-based. Everything we sort of share is all experience-based. To help people grow their businesses and that's what that's what i'm really passionate about just love entrepreneurs and if i can help in any way i think entrepreneurs solve the world's problems i passionately believe that entrepreneurs definitely have done that if you think about roads rail travel medicine the houses we live in nearly always traces back to a, an entrepreneur that solved the problem at some point yeah and, uh, there we go there's, and there's your, there's your drink as well just arrived amazing basically this is an audio show so no one knows that other than you that's can see me on this video camera but yeah yeah it's quite a selfish take that yeah, I, yeah. I take to these uh these podcasts how does it go from magician to million customers yeah so we have over a million customers each year that's uh, something that we talk about basically you know i lost my mom when i was 18, i moved out left home started doing kids parties worked out really well for us but then i just sort of had an epiphany if it were that what i was doing there was swapping time for money and literally, quite literally using my hands to make money. You know, I was doing magic tricks and balloon models with my hands and I sort of panicked and thought, my God, you know, mum was very ill and, and when she died, she had nothing. And I thought, my God, now I'm building this business. I've taken this risk of self-employment and if something happened to me, I got ill, broke a leg, broke an arm, uh, bent my wrist you know, then the business would stop. There would be no income. So I pretty much at the age of 17, 18, decided that you need employees. You need to build a team around you. And I I sort of have the mindset that you've got to build a business that works without you in it. 
so the, I don't do any of the operating of the business. I just grow the business. Um, and so I thought, well, I need to get an MD, an FD. I need to build it up to a multi-million pound business. I need to build brands that families love. And I worked that all out. And I started building that from the age of sort of 17. Because I, I think the most successful entrepreneurs that I ever meet are the ones that can categorize what their business looks like when it's finished or what the company looks like when it's finished yeah. you know they play fantasy football if you like with their team that they're going to employ and put together uh, lots of people are scared of employing people and growing um, and i think there's a big difference between the business owner and the entrepreneur the entrepreneur is definitely a higher risk taker that takes on opportunities that wants to grow their business every single year and i i always sat in that camp really got you got you so party man and when you did your introduction, there was all sorts of different party things there. And you, you started off as a, as a magician and magic. Did it naturally happen? So did it all of the different pivots naturally happen? Or did you kind of, as you just articulated no, no, no. then? See, see, I knew that we wanted to eventually own visitor attraction. That's what I wanted us to do. Yeah. Uh, I wanted us to own visitor attractions. And I thought, well, look, the first step to us owning that is we need to get some customers. Uh, and we I built up a children's entertainment agency and that allowed us to then convince the landlord to open our own venue in Basildon in Essex on the back of the success of that agency. Uh, when I was 20, we started to build a big family entertainment center. So I've got myself into about a million pounds worth of debt from 20 different lenders. And within the first year we turned a million quid and we got through it and we just kept on opening more and more and more. And then yeah. we opened day nurseries inside them because they've got good, strong residual income. Um, and off we went. How did that feel being a million pound in debt at such a young age as well? I don't, it's never bothered me. I mean, right now I'm probably 8 million in debt. You know, as long as it's good debt and not bad debt. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want 8,000 pounds worth of Gucci trainers debt, yeah. you know, and holidays and, you know, stuff like that. But if, if you're borrowing to make, what's the issue? Yeah, okay. Fair enough. And that, that was all part of the plan? Yeah, I mean, right now, I wish I had 80 million of debt if it was on property and I was making, you know, if I'm borrowing 80 million to make 300 million for the growth of our companies, then that really doesn't bother me. But I get why that isn't for everyone. Let me give you that. Completely, because that's that's quite a ballsy move at such a young age when a lot of people don't know what they want to be when they grow up. Well, you know, there's successful people, and what are they? Whether they're employed, whether they are entrepreneurs, all know what they want to, what the, the finish, what the end looks like. So they start knowing what the destination is. You know, if you read Seven Habits of Highly yeah. Successful People, you know, you know, if you say I want to be a doctor, I want to be a vet, I want to be a teacher, you know, you know why you're going through the education process. If you say, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur that builds a national brand with brands that families love and that's what I've always believed in you know I, I cut through all the noise of life yeah do you have the best parties in the world do you yourself for your when it's your birthday boring. you know the weirdest thing I mean yeah I have had some I'm quite a boring person really you know I don't really like going socializing personally but so, you know I like I like to be center of attention or not at all it's weird you know like comedians, comedians tend to be like that. Yeah, so you, you like the stage and you like being on stage, but then off stage you uh, you're a reserved. I'm quite happy with my own, yeah, I'm quite happy with my own company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. 
I love being on my own just as much as I love being with everyone. All right, okay. So when did... I love entrepreneurs like that because entrepreneurs are weirdos. You know, we're 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 a strange set of people that think very differently. You know, like like for example, what I just told you about. You know, not everyone wants to borrow a million pounds. Personally, guarantee that. Yeah. Alone, eh? How big do you want to be? How big do you want to grow? How much debt do you really want? Um, I want to grow to a size that that my team love being part of what we're doing. I want to build the best possible companies that we can do. We're a capital intensive business. So, you know, a hundred thousand pounds gets us through, you know, if we start the, the week on Monday, you know, a hundred thousand pounds gets us through to Wednesday, you know, so in just in running costs. Yeah. And sometimes only till Tuesday and in certain months only till Monday. So, it's all relative, isn't it? It's all relative. Um, you know, and I want to continue buying problem businesses that I come across. We're looking at one on Friday. Uh, we get approached all the time about businesses that are in trouble. You know, they need, you know, they've got cancer and the team and I, you know, don't get me wrong. Our team at Party Man HQ are, you know, quite simply amazing. Um, and we all have very different skill sets. I don't do much operating of the business. You know, they're, they're, I suppose my job is to make the impossible happen and they make the possible happen. Yeah. Because what is it you do to business? So if, if a business is struggling, like that, like the one that you mentioned that you're going to have a gander at on Friday, what is it that you... Yeah, I like that word. Good word. Thanks very much. Uh, is, that, yeah. is that a northern word, I think? It might be a northern word. Or do you I use that? gander is a southern word. Oh, oh a battle. I'm battle. asking Chubbs. No, we said that. Is it, uh, it's a national word. A not national word. word yeah. Word. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll have joint ownership UK again. Wide. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> um, what, what we will do is basically when we look at businesses, we you know we have a set of investment criteria. Number one, it has to fold into our existing empire. Can we fold this into our business? Does our management team, our database, our knowledge, know-how, IP, can we? add value to that easily and easily is the optimum word here uh, secondly we would be looking for can we add in some residual income because most businesses start from zero each month especially lesser businesses so we'll be looking at business going can we add membership to this so we do direct debit membership can we add a day nursery to it and is there a chance to sweat the asset by adding multiple revenue streams that fold into our existing empire so the thing that we're looking at is a children's play centre, very high-end children's play centre on Friday. We'll be looking at that, thinking, can we add another revenue stream to it? Yeah. In addition, does our team want to do it? Have we got the capacity to do it? Can we add value? Do we see where they've obviously gone wrong? And can we control the overhead? So that would be the bit that everyone would think about the overhead. Can they go in there, reduce the overhead? Can we reduce the, the rent, business rates, the staffing costs? And yeah, so there's some of the things that we'll look at. Sold into existing empire, adding a new revenue stream, reducing overhead. Can we make it better? We don't want to buy something there. You know, it's turning loads of money, but not making any money. And it's stuff that we can't solve. Yeah, com- completely, completely. You said you said and before. We don't want to buy anything. We don't want to pay anything for it. So that's the other thing. Yeah, we don't want to pay anything for a business that we buy. We want to use our cash to improve it, not buy it. Got you. Okay, so just just to elaborate on that. How do, how do you buy a business without buying a business? 
Well, loads of businesses go up to sell or are problems for some companies and they just close them. And Got you. And there's many cases um, where we've done deals where people actually pay you to take their business on because the cost of closing a business is so expensive. Say you employed 30 people and you wanted to close a business. Yeah. It might cost you 200 grand in redundancy costs, lease dilapidations, closing costs. So you'd be cheaper to say, here, here's, have 100 grand. Yeah. Take my business on. You're still 100 grand up. Yeah. Got you. Got you. And that, that's, called, that's called a reverse premium. Okay, no. Okay, no. So starting with the end in mind and being ballsy enough to get into debt, what well, other secrets have you well, got? I'm not, it's not just ballsy enough. It's like it's making sure you know what you're doing with it. Like I'm not. I didn't say that. I, I definitely. No, I, was I, mean, yeah. I don't want someone listening to that going right. I just got to go and borrow a few million quid and why? Yeah, yeah. Because that's not the case. You know, you know most. Uh, I think it's 95% of lottery owners lose all their money by year 10 it's because they haven't had any financial training or education in understanding it. And uh, we're, we're definitely off the case. We only borrow money to make more money and we know what we're doing with it. Like, we wouldn't go and borrow a million pounds to shove into some venture that we don't fully understand. If we were borrowing another million pounds, it would be going into our existing business and we would know what we're doing with it. You know, yeah. so... They're the caveats that I've got to say to this. Yeah. So what are your other secrets as well, starting with the end in mind? and Well, I think, you know, great entrepreneurs have persistence and resilience because businesses go through, you know, whether you're, I mean, if you look at Tesco's, Marks and Spencer's, Sainsbury's, you know, over the last 10 years, they've had some wobbles and they've had to re-innovate the model and they have done that and they've got through it. Basically, I always say to people, you want to be running four companies in one breath. So what does that mean? Company one is the company you are today. You understand that you've got to build a company that cash flows and does whatever it needs to do to meet its current commitments. Company number two, I'm, the reason I'm laughing, gang, is because Chubbuck, who makes all my stuff, he's thinking, oh, here he goes again with his brand new <laughs> terminology. <laughs> um, uh, company number two is the company you really want to be. That's your finished date company. Uh, what does the business look like when it's finished? So company one is the company you want to be that cashes out you where you are today. Company number two might be 10 years into the future. What does your dream team look like? What does the profitability of that business look like? What does your customers think about that business? What does your brand look like when it's finished? Company number three is running a media and marketing company. So think about Disney. You know, they run a media company that feeds operating companies. Their media making films feeds their cruise lines feeds the sale of toys and clothes it feeds their theme parks and that is very possible to do what we're doing right now would be media company thinking making audio for a podcast writing books is media company thinking you know so for my uh, for our family entertainment business we've started a youtube channel called party man tv uh, we used to do theater shows we used to go out and do kids parties and so we built an audience Basically, that's what I'm trying to say is you've got to build an audience and that's what a media company does. Yeah. And then you push it into companies one and two. And that company number four is building a property or an investment company. Um, again, if you look at Disney, the sheer amount of freehold and properties and assets they own, this allows you to re-leverage off of that company when you need to re-innovate. So when Tesco's have had a wobble, when Sainsbury's have had a wobble, they own so much assets and freehold that they can re-leverage that 
that asset to put back into companies one and two to re-innovate them. Look at a company like Thomas Cook that we recently lost. They own nothing, so they couldn't re-leverage off of that to re-innovate their old-fashioned ways. Companies, you know, when you're running a company, there's two things you need to be focused on, innovation and marketing. The market is constantly innovating. If you don't innovate, you will evaporate. And so you've got to keep on innovating because the market is innovating. And then secondly, you want to be focused on marketing. And that's what I spend a big chunk of my time on. How can we get more customers? How can we make the impossible happen? Not do the possible. The, the business owner wants to be focusing all their time on growing their business, not operating their business. You need to get other people in to do the operating so that you are freed up to do the growing. The Basically, you know, people need to get into that mindset of I'm doing stuff that's very important, not urgent. And most people are working on very important, very urgent tasks. You know, if you're answering emails, if you're getting sales and quotes over the line, how are you giving yourself that time to actually go out there and do higher value tasks? If you're yeah. doing... 30 pound an hour tasks that's not business owner tasks you know you're the person that's taking a risk to start a business and you're doing stupid things like bookkeeping you know you can go and get a bookkeeper you can go and get an operations person and then you can go out there and focus on getting customers and if you want to grow a business the more time that you focus on sales marketing and business development the faster you're going to grow and what i find with entrepreneurs they start off on that but then they get themselves into an operations role i think that's because they like the thought of being busy but actually you want to spend 20 percent on operations and 80 percent on marketing and sales and growing the business Got you. So you're working on it rather than in it, and you've got a team of people to work in the business. But you want uh, to dive in it every now and then. Yeah. But what most people won't do is they won't sacrifice their personal income for a few months or you know six months to employ a team around them. And I did that in the early days. You know, rather than spending every money that I could get on my own personal lifestyle. This isn't for everyone. We invested it in salaries to employ people. Yeah. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge you've had? Well, for all entrepreneurs, it's cash flow in the buggers. That is what I think, you know, especially in our business, it's a capital-intensive business. You know, yeah. we want to build a day nursery, boom, a couple of hundred grand. You want to open a play centre, boom, you know, £600,000. You want to open a farm park, boom, £3 million. So I don't want to be involved in private equity or venture capital. So we've had to do it ourselves, which is the hard way. But it becomes a tipping point if you make it. I mean, I was, I was watching... Yes, Lindy. I think it's only ten thousand companies in the UK get over over two hundred and fifty employees. It's only ten thousand. Wow. Sixty-five million people in the UK, or sixty-eight million now. Sorry, there's only ten thousand companies that have more than two hundred and fifty employees. It's a tiny amount. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. Early on in the podcast, you mentioned about um, you have a million customers through your door every year. How the bloody hell do you do that, apart from having a really big door? Well, we've got multiple locations. Um, you know, for all of our, you know, our farm pump is over 200,000. And then all of our venues, yeah, it mounts up to about a million people walking through the doors of the business each and every single year. But yeah, that's, uh, I think it's a trifle more than that, really, to be honest. Surely it's not easy to get a million people through, through your door yeah. every year. The, the way we have managed to do that quickly is by acquisitions of companies, great marketing, making sure your product's brilliant, making sure people are talking about you, 
building a great database, having a CRM that you can communicate with, constantly innovating that CRM, constantly innovating your marketing. We made a we made a video the other day uh, on my YouTube channel. Um, it said we made forty thousand in sales in seventeen days from scratch. It's a great video of how we did that and how we got the customers. We had twenty thousand people over seventeen days come through the doors of a new business we started and we, we talk people through that step by step. But I, I think that we think like marketeers rather than operators of our business and I think that mindset helps you get customers. What is your uh, you you mentioned the YouTube channel a few times now. What is your YouTube channel? Just so people can find James it. Sinclair. James Sinclair. James Sinclair. There's over four hundred videos on marketing, business growth, business development. And while the, while you're there, wander over, hit subscribe and that notification bell just to make me happy. Oh well, no, very good. And what I, what I liked then was what what you did with your eyes when you were doing that as well. Again, that doesn't work on audio, but I'm, yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to subscribe now. So yeah, so thank thank you for that. Have you not? Have no. you not? Did you not check it? Of course I have. Of course I have. Um, have you subscribed? I have subscribed. Yeah, you can check. Yeah, I don't, can you check? Oh, I, I will. I'm going to be coming up from South Wales, North Wales, yeah, wherever yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you do that, you do that. Yeah, definitely have. Um, when you when you said before about it's, a, it's about creating a media company, it's about um, podcasts and, and stuff, and then, then you wafted a book up in the air, and it looked like it was called Getting Customers. Is that, what, is that yeah, a new, so new, a book? new book? It comes out on the 3rd of December called Getting Customers, easier, faster, and for less money than you ever thought possible. And it's not a book about smarty pants Facebook ads and LinkedIn built funnel building it's all about because I think a lot of people have forgotten the real foundations of great marketing so it's about the, the words we use and how to get people's attention uh, how to work out who your market is all the good stuff that people need to do that you won't get taught on a so, marketing so go on branding and all that palaver it's, it's like good stuff that you know if you had only a few hundred pounds how you could turn that into customers so go on then, what's the key takeaway or a couple of, a couple of things for us? Well, I will peruse some of the chapters whilst we're... Oh, here we go. An, an audience with James Sinclair, read away. Chapter one is basic yeah. business, you know, understanding why you need to understand average customer value, average lifetime value, average transactional value before you do any marketing. Uh, why you must market, that it's important that product first, marketing second. Chapter two is how brands turbocharge marketing. But we talk about personal branding, like this is what we're doing here is definitely personal branding stuff. It's a time investment rather than a cash investment. And I sort of say, you know, I've been doing videos and putting content out for a couple of years now. Um, it's been a time investment and that has definitely generated cash. By being famous to a few is really important. Whereas when people think about brand, they want to be famous to everyone and we don't want to talk about that stuff spoke about the four companies there you know why you're running them in unison knowing your customer what's your who's your most customer who's your ideal customer what's the key differences between those two um and we go into detail on that stuff talk about ada and market message media i'm not going to tell you what that is unless oh you get that was going to be my next question uh, I'll give it all away buy the customer journey how to reach your customers and i've got this uh, a good chapter on um, and the, the biggest chapter is on methods, tried and tested that we've used on marketing methods that have actually got us customers. And writing to get customers, the whole chapter on the words we use, because I think if you get those words right in the written form, you'll be better at doing podcasts, better at doing video. So there's just some of the stuff that's in the book. 
Yeah, so when you said it's on Audible as well, we've already done it on an Audible version. So if you're not a reader, um, it will be on Audible as well. We've already recorded it. We've made the book. We're just waiting Perfect. on the gods of Amazon to get it sorted. Do you read your own Audible book? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's a whole day. I've done it on my other books as well. So um, we've got another two books, which I'm just going to ask my team to to get me one of the the other two books, if that's okay in your yeah. own time. I, Millionaire Clown, that title grabbed me when I uh, when I was having, having a gander at all of your stuff. Um, so where did you come up with the title, Millionaire Clown? Well, because that's that's how life began. You know, it started out as a kid's entertainer, and the whole thing is about getting attention. I thought that title gave attention, so yeah, yeah. that was the first one. That's yeah. a great book. We're gonna we're gonna add some chapters that and rename it next year. Um, into the, we're gonna call it. Multi-millionaire clone? No, that we're not going to remove that. Billionaire clone? I don't know. No, I don't know what we're going to call it. The the business fact. So that's that one. And then the experience business is a great book for the SME that maybe doesn't have the ambitions of most, but wants to have a great lifestyle business. And how with sort of five or six employees, you can build something that you can be really proud of. This is, again, on Audible as well. There's some great bits in there all about what fire, what is a profitable business, what makes a profitable business. It is the experience business. It's not a customer service book. Uh, there's some bits on customer service on there, but it's really about what makes a generational business that lots of SMEs aspire to be. For example, Harrod has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, where CNA and Woolworths only usually make it through a generation. Yeah. So there's, so, some, there's, there's some great stuff in there as well. So on that on that book that you've got in your hands now, so customer experience over a priced focus business seem to be the message. Um, well, price focused businesses work. Don't let me get me wrong; they do work, but you need to use it at scale, and that's what I try and tell SMEs. You know, so price focused business would be British Gas, it would be EDF Energy, it would be Internet. You know, but those businesses work, but they need you know. A supermarket would be a price-focused business, but they need lots of turnover, lots and lots of customers to make money. And, and that isn't what happens to most business. I just told you only 10,000 businesses in the UK have got over 250 employees. Yep. I mean, that, that, that's hardly anything. You know, they're, they're usually there's more people living in villages in this yep. country yep. than 10,000. You know, so it's a teeny weeny proportion of businesses that get to scale stage. So if you're in that SME, I mean, let me tell you, an SME business that I, the, the, the experience business that sort of goes to business is doing up to 10 million of revenue. Can look at this, and in really, business is doing between 100,000 and 2.5 million of revenue. Will get you know a big note of help from this. You know, like this is a great book. You know, well, you're saying choose a um, a customer experience. Uh, focus business over a price focus business what is customer yeah, so experience, experience to you it's a business that has margin it has loyal customers it has repeatable customers so they transact with you more um, i.e they transact with you more than four times in quick succession it's a business that someone wants to buy if you want to sell it easily yeah um, so for example you build a day nursery and it's profitable someone wants to buy it easily it's easy to find the management for it if you put your prices up your customers don't leave you there's some of the key differences there um usually generational so 
Harrods. It will, you know, it won't be like Woolworths and CNA that make it past 30 years. They're generational. Yeah. I've got to say, I've got her envy. Have you managed to keep a full head of her? Well, you you got her. You just got it on upside down, haven't you? I have, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's the only way I can keep her. Yeah, what's what's your secret? I think I'm losing it. But if if I lose more, I'll be off to Turkey and get some of that injection stuff in. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you can afford. My clients done that. Oh, are they? It's not expensive. It's about thousand pounds. Oh well, fifteen hundred quid. He said it costs. Yeah. He said, said, "Do you want to spend fifteen hundred pounds?" I have no hair. I said, "Well, I can get why you spend the fifteen hundred pounds." Yeah, you know, very good, very good. That's the most valuable bit I've taken from this so far. So thank you very much. I'm going to I'm going to research that shortly. Um, Same thing. uh, You went to Harley Street. It's like fifteen thousand pounds or fifteen hundred pounds in in Turkey. And and a free holiday, in reality. Yeah, they put you up in a really nice hotel. Yeah, uh, it's funny how he told me a story. It's like everyone's like walking around with a badge over their head or a yeah. new nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, so this podcast is called Business Problem Solve. What do you think the number one business problem that needs solving is, and how would you solve it? Well, I think it's the title of this new book that we've just put together called Getting Customers. Yeah, um, I think that's you know. Yeah. So in in that book, I think there's a chapter called Ada Model, isn't there? Is um, what is that? There's not a chapter called Ada Model. Is is there is there a model in there called Ada or something something along those lines? Yeah, it's a bit in there. <laughs> what I'm is... not telling you what that is because you know I can't give all the secrets away of the book. But a quick Google will yeah. find that out for you. Do you want me uh, to tell you? Yeah, please. Okay. So Ada is one of the basic laws of marketing. There's two. There's market message media. What most people are doing right now is they're focusing on media first and forgetting their market and the message, the headings, the thing that's going to pull people in. When it comes to the headings and your message to your customers, we turn to ADA. And ADA stands for getting people's attention, keeping their interest, getting them to make a decision, and then lastly, A for action. What's the call to action on your marketing? And I, de- and I go into in the book on live examples of what we've done in our organization to make that work. The problem that most business owners have got now and the advantage they've got now is they have this thing called the internet. But the internet is making people lazy with their marketing because they can get stuff out without paying for it. So you can put post on Instagram, a post on YouTube, Linky Dink, Twitbook, all of these things. And you can just go out there, put something up, and then you don't really get a result on it. But you think, oh, there's no point in paying for it because then getting a result for it when it's free. But if you grab people's attention and put a call to action, i.e. a deadline, that's usually what that gets people over the line and people don't think about that. They don't think about offers. If they think about anything, they might give a discount. Well, a discount isn't strong enough. An offer is better. And then a call to action. The basis of ADA is closing down today. That gets your attention. It's got your interest. It's got you make a decision. The call to action is if I don't do it today, I will never get a chance to do it again. If Apple said 50% off, you know, and it just went on and on and on, they would lose that power of impact. But if they said 50% off only on the 5th of January, then that's it. We will not repeat the offer again. And that is, you know, what good marketeers understand. You know, and most people, you know, when you see, there's little things that I like to talk about in the book. When you see most people when they do marketing, like when they sign right a band, 
They put their landline on there. They put their mobile on there. They put their email address on there. They put every stupid, tiny bit of detail that they do, any possible service they do. They're a plumber, but we'll also do your guttering. We can do electrics. We can build an extension. And then you've tried to throw so many messages at your market, and therefore they remember you for nothing. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's like it's all about throwing one ball at a time and then hopefully the market will catch one. But if you throw 10 balls, they'll catch none. You know, and there's some great examples of this because it's so important to understand. Yeah, no, clear. What's the worst advice you've been given? The worst advice is listening to family and friends that are not successful business owners. Right, so, so people that haven't done what you want to do. Well, people seek advice from the people they love, first of all, but if they haven't had a... Now, look, I always say, if Warren Buffett and Richard Branson's your uncle, then, yeah, go on, take their advice, absolutely. If you're going to someone that's never had a business at all, and you're asking for their advice, yeah. poor. Yeah, no, yeah, strong message. So you've got your book coming out, uh, or book, depends which part, yeah, depends which part of the country you're from. So, yeah, so that, the so book is, the other is coming books out. you can get for free at jamesinclair.net. You just pay five quid, I think, for the post. You know, you can buy it on Amazon for 12 quid. We set it five quid because and then we get you in our database, and if we want to market anything to you, there's honesty for you. Yeah. Um, send that post to you, or you can get it on Amazon. Jeff Bezos, all the money that he needs. Yeah, yeah. How, how many people are in your database? Uh, 20,000, something like that. Oh, right, okay. And is that just across? Is that an? Is that just across your social media and email? And have you no, got twenty thousand? Just build it up over time. Yeah, I mean, we've got quarter of a million on Party Man's database, but on my James Sinclair stuff, twenty thousand. Gotcha, um, gotcha. You know, every time someone buys a book, you know they get added in. But yeah. if they don't want to buy it off of our website, jamesinclair.net, they <laughs> can travel on over to Amazon and get it there. Yeah, at double the price. What's next for you, apart from the book? Uh, the big challenge we're on at the moment, because we do quite a bit of property, we, we, on Boxing Day at 7 o'clock, we're releasing the Million Pound Property Challenge where we're going to try and buy a million pounds worth of property from people that don't want to be landlords anymore. And we're going to try and do it with as little money as possible. And that's what we're doing. So it's a big challenge. It's all over the country. We've been to what feels like 300 towns, but it's more like 12 towns. Yeah. Um, we've bought all sorts of properties with different ways of doing it. And then what's going to happen after that, whatever money we need to put into it, we're going to go and make that money, which is probably about £50,000 in 60 days from scratch. How far north did you travel to those 12 towns? Newcastle. Oh, right, okay, so quite far north. Oh, proper north, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we weren't far from the border. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there we, oh, I'll tell you where we went. Um, I've got it here. Wickford, London, Sheffield, York, Scarborough, Weatherby, Darlington, County Durham, Hartlepool, Newcastle, Blackpool, Stoke-on-Trent, and London. Oh, wow. Okay. And so it was all northern, get, really, apart from London. Well, because the yields stack up up north for property, you know, like you buy down south for capital investment, uh, for capital growth, and up north for income. However, I, I, you know, down south, we still buy a lot of commercial property that we own. We're buying industrial estate at the moment, and then we're going to be building a second industrial state on the back. So we'll have, so yeah, probably 36 units um, wow. by the end of the next year. We're building them to rent out. We're not building to sell. 
So have you have you bought that million pounds worth of property now? Is that what you've done, or is that what the challenge is to do? We're in the process in it, and you have to watch on Boxing Day at seven o'clock to see if it happens. We're fifty-fifty to see whether it can happen. But there's a big learnings on there. Boxing seven o'clock, the million pound property challenge, where we will attempt to buy a million pounds worth of property with as little money in as possible. So yeah, and then challenge two is going to make that money to buy them. So we'll be we're trying to buy from landlords that hate being landlords. Yeah. Uh, trying to buy from well they're all landlords i hate being landlords and they just want to get rid of their properties this is happening more and more you know you're you're 70 years old you're a landlord your tenant moves out maybe you're not feeling so good about yourself and you can't be bothered just to pick up the phone and get an agent to get a new property because it might need a bit of a refurb they don't want to spend the 10 grand on the refurb so they, they just want to get it out so we'll do um we're going to do some lease options do you know what lease options are Lee? i've got no idea the lease options is like a delayed payment. So you say, right, okay, we'll buy it off of you for what the market value is of 200000 now, but we'll give you that in 10 years' time. So you then control the property for 10 years. Got you. Take the rent and just pay their mortgage for them. And then in other situations, you know, there's a property that we're looking at that's 450000 They want 300000 for it. We might bridge that one, for example. So we'll do a bridging loan, buy it, and then put it on term debt after that so yeah so there's a variety of ways we're doing and we'll be doing some or none of all of those and we're going to reveal all in the documentary with my clothes on oh okay perfect and uh is that on the james sinclair um youtube channel or it's going to be on the james sinclair youtube channel boxing day 2019 <laughs> o'clock hey very good look forward to that one i might watch that actually now i'm subscribed to your channel you haven't subscribed why are you lying to me you're telling porky pies no, honestly, I have. I have. I have. Well, I, I don't believe I want to see you comment on one of my videos. I reply to all the comments. All right, I'll uh, do that. I'll do that. I can't. I can't. I'll not do it now, but I will do it. I will do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be keeping an eye out for you, sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I'll look for your personal reply too. So before talking as well, you said about um, you've got a business growth thing on the February the sixth. Is that right? I run periodically about six a year. I run a business growth seminar. It's at my barn. I've got this converted barn that we use here at Marsh Farm. Free parking, lunch is included. It's a couple of hundred quid. It's six hours of business loveliness where I show people how to get customers, um, how to buy businesses, you know, business growth ideas, tactics that are experience-based that we've used to help you grow your business. Uh, and there's some great entrepreneurs in the room as well. Yeah, it's a good time. You're actually at one of my businesses, so you can see it's all real. Yeah. And the other thing I do is I do a weekend course called My Entrepreneur's Masterclass, which is an intense one, how to buy businesses with no money, how to get customers for them, how to seriously grow this bit of property. I do a property course as well called My Property Masterclass. Yeah, all of that's on jamesinclair.net. All right, okay. So what's your number one tip for how to grow a business? How would you go about it? If I was trying to grow a business, yeah. through acquisition and then getting customers. So if you want to grow a business, it's very simple. You just get more customers. You buy one, and so to do that, you need to buy your book. Yeah, or you increase your average customer value with the existing businesses. But you know, buying companies that fold into your existing empire is a great way of growing a business. What does a um, really successful business person who has a, over a million people through the door have for the tea? What are you having for your tea tonight? Um, I know what I'm I'm having casserole. Oh, are you? Mashed potatoes. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah, okay, strong choice. That's good. Last night, I had fajitas. Night on. before that, spaghetti bolognese. So what, what? I'll tell you what, on Friday, I'm looking forward to because Aaron, Aaron D, 
Uh, we're going to ship it into steak and lobster on Friday. It's in my diary now because he agreed to it. Hey, wow, amazing! And what I liked about that is I asked you one. I asked you one question. <laughs> you're, you're, you're eating it already, aren't you? You're thinking about it now. I've anyway. got a problem with food. I do like food. That's uh... yeah. No, that was good. So I asked you that one question, and you gave me your answer, and then you gave additional value to that, and so by answering <laughs> for the the other days of the week as well. That's amazing. It's like your business, isn't it? Just over deliver. Hey, very good. Right, you So I'm conscious of the time, and you are a busy, popular chap. Is there anything else that I have not asked you that you would were expecting me to ask you? No, no, I think you were fantastic. <laughs> I've enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, I look forward to seeing your comments on my YouTube channel. Yeah, no, you, you will. You, you will definitely. No, seriously, though, thank you thank you very much for your time. It's been amazing to talk to you. Good luck with everything. Um, you've got loads of that you're on with, and uh, good luck with the book on the 3rd of December. I think this pot is, is that Is that a Monday? I don't know when a Monday is. Oh, is it? Tuesday or Wednesday, that- the book release. I think it's a Tuesday. I think this will go out on the Monday, the Monday before. So I think this will be oh, on the second. Brilliant. It's like fate, isn't it? Like fate. Right. So there you go. No, but seriously, though, thank you very much for your time. Have an amazing evening. Enjoy your casserole, and I uh, hopefully I'll get the opportunity to chat with you again soon, James. Brilliant. You take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the Business Problem Solver or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.